It's been a minute, but I'm back. My name is Lana Pugh, and you're listening to episode number five of Southern Cereal. y'all all been doing i know it's it's uh the middle of january or past the middle of january i'm recording this on the 23rd of january but i'm i'm honestly still trying to recover from december uh yeah this was supposed to have gone up the week before christmas i wrote the majority of this script the 20th of december that's what my notes say but yeah that did not happen i like a lot of people that make uh, a lot of their Christmas presents, I was uh, stressed, I was sleep deprived, and I felt absolutely behind on anything and everything in the days leading up to Christmas. Yeah, spoiler alert, I didn't get everything done. I'm still trying to finish a quilt for my husband, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. I've actually been working on that one gift for off and on for two years because... I just don't have enough time to do everything. And I would much rather talk to y'all, but there's a lot at the end of the tunnel. I'm hoping I'm going to get that damn thing done. I, I always have the best of intentions of starting Christmas gifts in July or August, and I look up and it's magically December 1st and the gift scramble begins. And I always say every year, I'm not making a single anything next year. I'm not making nothing for nobody. And every year the week before Christmas, I find myself hip deep in projects and cooking and gift wrapping and maybe staying up till one o'clock in the morning to make Christmas candy for my husband's office. Because that's the kind of crazy person I am. And I, I can't do that every night, but audiobooks keep me company. And there's, you know, honestly something calming about you know, mixing and stirring and measuring and sewing and it just kind of calms me down and I, time slips away from me and I look up and it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm making peanut brittle. And this year in that season, I tried to remember the real reason for the season and tried to let go a lot of my perfectionist tendencies and still create you know, well-made gifts, you know, if it wasn't absolutely perfect, you know, I, I, I was trying to let go this year, because a lot of that stuff, when you are a crafter, or creative, or you're artistic, a lot of times, you're the only one that sees those flaws, but, uh, yeah, family tradition requires a certain level in your craft, and I'm, I'm gonna get to that in a minute, so, there's a couple of things I wanted to share with you first before I kind of went into into my, I guess I'm calling these audible essays, oral essays, something like that. I'll, I'll hit on something to call them here in a while, but let's take a little break first. Alright, I have a new essay on my blog, or a newish essay on the blog by now, about Cyple's Mill. 
Cyples Mills in Kemper County, and it's not far from DeKalb, Mississippi. It's a beautiful place. It is way out in the country, even by my standards. It's way out in the country, but it's in the rolling hills of Kemper County and is the only working water-powered grist mill that I know of in Mississippi. And if you don't know what a grist mill is, it's a big mill, and you make cornmeal and grits and flour. And the mill has been in almost constant operation since 1790, making the mill 228 years old this year. It's even 27 years older than the state of Mississippi. The same family has operated the mill for over 225 years. It's honestly impressive and fascinating that any business much less a water-powered grist mill has been operating for that long with only a very short pause for three months in 1973 when the original mill building was destroyed by a tornado. It's honestly probably one of the coolest places that I have found off the beaten path in a long time. And I got there a little too late to actually see the mill running, which means... I just need to take another trip down there, but I've got a lot of uh, good pictures on there. It's a fairly lengthy article, but it's I think it's well worth the read. If you want to check that out, if you got a minute, it's on my website under the blog, and my website is lanalpew.com. So, another little break, and then we'll get on with business. So, I made it through that time of year. The time of year all craft and creative people both look forward to and dread. I worked late into the night, many nights, furiously trying to finish the homemade presents that I wanted to make. And during the more mundane tasks of pressing seams or weaving in the ends of yarn, my mind would wander to... Christmas has passed, and the presents I received them. Some of my very favorite presents were handmade when I was growing up. I loved having custom, one-of-a-kind presents that no one else could get or have. Nothing made me any happier than being able to tell the kids at school they couldn't have my dress or doll or whatever it was. Handcraft is a long-standing tradition in my family, with the women in my family, as well as the men, both creating amazing things that have been passed down through the family. And I grew up around a lot of talented people. Some of them I was related to, some of them I wasn't. My great-grandmother, Ethel Pepper, was a woman of very talents. And she, her greatest talent to me was taking a little bit of nothing and creating something amazing. She did things like take black and white plastic baler twine and weave a seat for a chair. You know, as a kid, you just think that's cool. Uh, she also made uh, these little kittens when I was a kid. She made these kittens out of yarn pom-poms. And it sounds 
super tacky, but they were actually really, really cute. And she sewed and she quilted and she was an extremely accomplished needleworker. She embroidered shirts and jackets and pillowcases and this denim jacket that she embroidered for my dad I now have. And it's probably one of my most favorite possessions that I own. It is 70s fabulous and I love that thing. I actually wore it on a date with my husband when we were first dating and I always felt so cool in that jacket which is why I wore it on the date it I, I don't I don't know if my husband thought I was cool or not but I felt cool so kind of gave me a little you know confidence on my date you know any anything she did was perfection to me um, her husband John Pepper uh, was a basket weaver, a furniture maker, a metal worker, a hunter, a trapper, a farmer. He could do it all. He, he, I literally, the man could do it all. My grandfather on my mom's side, Alan Pounds, he was uh, a woodworker, and he could take really simple materials and tools and make some of the cutest wood figures you ever saw. He made. I think everybody in the family, a set of Mr. and Mrs. Claus figures that could sit on your mantle or maybe sit on your hearth. They had little legs that hung off the side. They're super cute. You know, his mother, uh, Liza Pounds, was an amazing quilter. If she probably saw my quilts, would be appalled because... Her stitches were so tiny, you would think they were sewn by machine, but they were sewn by hand. It was, my mom has several of her quilts, and I've always been amazed at her craftsmanship and the fact that everything that she did was by hand. And that's actually how she made her living for years and years, was she quilted for the public. She was she was that good. People would mail her quilts and quilt tops from all over the country. And she would hand quilt those. My dad is, uh, if he hears this, he's going to kill me. But my daddy is a really, really good welder and a metal worker. He also is a pretty fair carpenter and a decent mechanic and just an all-around handy guy. My dad is definitely a jack-of-all-trades. He can you know, drive any kind of equipment he can. You know, I've, I always felt like as a kid, if I broke something, I just took it to daddy and I was like, here, fix it. And, and he could fix it. And, uh, he's, he's a pretty handy dude to have around and not to leave my mom out of the situation. My mom sewed when I was growing up. She's the one that actually, got me my first sewing machine. It came from a pawn shop because I was 13 and who wants to spend a ton of money on a sewing machine for a 13 year old because I mean my mom had no idea that I was going to stick with this. I mean it's been 24 years and I, I think I'm I think I have seven sewing machines of different ages and uh, God bless her. She probably questions that purchase a lot. Yeah, she probably questions that purchase a lot, but uh, my mom helped me get started sewing. She she grew up sewing, took home making school, of course. 
by the time I got, you know, in school, there was no such thing as home ec. So my mom helped me get started sewing. She's a great cook. She, you know, is the one that showed me how to cook. And she's amazing with figures and money on a level that I I don't even comprehend. Like my mom can type and hold a conversation. I don't even understand how somebody types and holds a conversation too. And she can, you know, balance these large accounts. She's worked in accounting. She's uh, worked in wealth management and she can balance these huge columns of large numbers and literally leaves me in awe that somebody's brain works like that because I am not a mathematical person. I struggle with math every day and in all the years I have spent around the myriad of people that I grew up with, one fact has remained consistent and true Anything you do in life is worth doing well. You'll never reach perfection, but there's no harm in striving for it. Oh, that's good enough. Was never an acceptable answer to any question or situation in my family. Uneven stitches were taken out. If we were canon, jar rims were always, you know, wiped clean. They were pristine before any kind of lid was applied. You know, watching my dad weld growing up. Um, I was always, and still am, fascinated with watching my dad take a cutting torch and cut these beautiful, perfect straight lines and steel. And then he had a stick welder when I was a kid. He has a really nice wire welder now. But the fact that he can take two pieces of steel and you know, join them together, and his welds are, are really beautiful and even, and, you know, anything that needed more than just a little bit of cleaning up were ground out, do it again. And, you know, this, watching the people in my life that I grew up around, it kind of gives you a standard that you reach for in anything that you do. I can remember being a little bitty girl and braiding my pony's mane. I always braided my pony's mane before I ran barrels or something. She had a long mane that would get in the way. If her braids were not quite right, I would take them out and do them again. And my mom would be like, Lana, you've got to get on the pony. you got to go warm up. And I'd be like, but her mane's not right. And she's like, look, get it done. Get on the pony. You don't want to you know, miss your run. You know, everything would kind of, you know, do it again, get it right. That little strive for perfection, you know. Anything less than to strive to to do it right was pushed away. That's not acceptable. Um, I, before Christmas, I was doing some selfish work for myself. I was doing some crocheting and... I had started this scarf over twice one weekend. Literally spent three days on this scarf. It was a nasty weekend. Nothing better than to sit inside, drink coffee, you know, crochet because I'm a little old lady at heart. And I came home from work that Monday, pulled it out to start working on it again and looked at it and just said, the whole thing is not working. And I completely ripped out everything that I had done and started over again. 
I undid three days of work. And I started a new pattern. And I thought to myself, as I'm pulling three days of work out of this scarf, I'm taking it back all the way back to a ball of yarn. I said, who does this? And I said, what person in their right mind would toss away three days of work? And that would be me. That would be me. And as much as I am a hot mess on a daily basis, raise your hand if you consistently walk out of the door with wet hair. That would be me. The things that I'm really passionate about creating, I, I border on a slightly disturbing level of perfection. Maybe some people would say obsession. But it, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It could be anything. It could be my sewing. It could be my photography, my writing. You know, help simply making a pair of braided rope reins. I make uh, the reins that I ride with. I I had a friend of mine growing up, and he made them, and I liked them, and he wouldn't make me a pair, so I made a pair. It just, they're reins. They're simple rope reins, and I get a little obsessive about the way that they look. They, I want everything to be well-crafted. I want it to be professional looking. I don't want it to look thrown together. And, you know, I might not care that my hair looks like Medusa, but I, I want my craft. I want the things that I create to be well done. And it all goes back to those talented people that I grew up with and wanted to be one day or wanted to be like one day. I can't be them, but I could be like them. Thanks, y'all. You burnt my brain. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but yeah, you know, I'm kidding. Maybe not. And, you know, I'll never be as a good, a, you know, horse trainer as, you know, friends I had growing up or, a, you know, this, you know, great professional welder or a professional seamstress. And I will never be able to balance a checkbook like my mom, but Every day, I try to strive to be the very best version of myself that I can be. And I am so grateful for the inspiration and the examples that I had growing up. And I am so thankful for the knowledge that they passed along every time I do something as simple as patch a pair of jeans or am able to create something that I saw in my mind's eye. And all the while, I try and I have to really try and remind myself to be kind to myself and to be proud of my little accomplishments that I do get right. Uh, the title of this, uh, the show notes that'll go along with this is a uh, perfect perfectionism that's that's probably my Achilles heel in life is I, I, I'm a perfectionist and sometimes that paralyzes you because you want it to be perfect and if you can't do it perfectly, you don't want to do it at all. And that's, you know, done is better than perfect. I have a, a blog post about that somewhere that I probably should link in the show notes. You know, I, I read that years ago, done is better than perfect. 
you can get so hung up in the details and wanting to do everything just so that you never get anything accomplished. So here's to getting the right tension on your crochet stitch, perfect rise to a cake, and may your bobbin thread never run short in the middle of a seam. But always be kind to others, but also remember to be kind to yourself. Don't let that perfectionism get in the way. Strive to be just as good as those people that you admire, but also learn to be proud of yourself along the way. that's it for today thanks as always for listening you can find out more about me if that's something that you feel like you need to do at my website lanalpu.com and you spell that l-a-n-a-l-p-u-g-h.com uh, there'll be a blog post on there uh, with the show notes for today I'll try to link to that other essay I wrote about done is better than perfect. Uh, there's lots of stuff on there to read. I write an ongoing series called Stories of the South. You can read about uh, the Cyples Mill Post, lots of other things. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast, would you mind leaving me a review in, on iTunes or shoot me an email at lanapew at gmail.com. I finally got my first review on itunes in december and it is awesome i do not know who wrote it (laughs) i would love to know who wrote that because i would love to tell you thank you uh you have no idea what that means to me i don't get a lot of comments on my blog i get a few emails here and there i know i don't have like a huge readership so anytime i hear from somebody that enjoys the show or enjoys something that i wrote it totally makes my day so I would love to hear from you too. So, yeah. If you like what I'm doing, drop your girl a line. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.